every single emotion, uncomfortable, whatever, it's actually trying to help me. It's actually serving me. And it's doing that by highlighting for me where I'm out of alignment with myself, where I'm out of alignment with my truth, where I need to shift certain things in my life so that there's more harmony and my needs are getting met. Deep balance song. I know you're a determined person on the lookout for ways to live a more fulfilling and balanced life, but you're busy. And if we're being honest, that busyness often comes at the expense of your priorities. The Balance Theory podcast is made to teach busy bees just like you how to find and own your own definition of balance so that you can become unapologetic in how you choose to spend your time. I'm your host, Erica, and together, let's find your unique balance. Alrighty, Balancers, just before I introduce today's guest, I want to remind you all that if there's any topic that comes up in today's episode, anything you want to hear more of or anything that you want to request, if you are listening on Spotify, there is a little Q&A function. So make sure you utilize that to let us know if you want to hear more from the particular guest or just more episodes on anything that comes up on the show. But now on to the woman of the day, the interview that is here all on the podcast for this Monday. Today's guest is the host of the Mighty Emotions podcast and a certified emotions coach. Her mission is to end the negative stigma attached to uncomfortable emotions, help people realize that they are not broken and create a more emotionally mature society through using her Mighty Emotions method, which I'm so excited to learn and hear about today on the show. She helps individuals overcome past traumas, build inner resilience and self-confidence. Also, her first book, really excitingly, Outrunning Your Emotions, Facing Your Feelings, Find Your Power and Love Yourself, will be released in the up and coming months. And she's going to give us a little bit of a teaser for what's to come too. So it's my absolute pleasure to welcome Giselle Gilead to the show today. Giselle, a warm welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here and chatting with your audience today. No, it's really, it's a pleasure to have you on. I know everything we're going to be speaking about today is stuff that I am really passionate about. This level of understanding our emotions to a point where we can just take our self-growth to the next level. We can have a deeper understanding of ourselves and the way we interact with the world, I think is so important, not just to our mental health, but it really is a building block for all areas of our life. But I want to start kind of all the way at the very beginning, because I guess this this knowing of how you connect with your emotions now and the method you share with people is probably something that you grew into as, as a consequence of your life's journey. So can you talk to us or share with us just a little bit about your life, your story before you found this method and what kind of led you to really taking charge or understanding your emotions in this way? Yeah, so I, I think a lot of people see me and they think, oh, you're so great with emotions and you're so emotionally intelligent. You must have always been this way or grew up this way. And it's actually the complete opposite. I grew up in extremely abusive homes. Um, and I say homes because I kind of bounced around from different homes. I was homeless as a teenager, got into drugs and alcohol, led me down a path of sex work at 19. I ended up in a psych ward for trying to end my life. I was just in the throes of despair. I could not see a way out of how I was living. And I had no any I had zero emotional intelligence for the first 20 something years of my life because I didn't see anyone processing their emotions well. Like everyone around me was just like in survival mode, trying to cope, using drugs and alcohol to get through the day. So that's kind of what I picked up and that's how I started to deal with things. 
And what happened was, fortunately, I had amazing grandparents that rescued me when that all went down and took me in and nurtured me back to life. And I regained a bit of strength and I was like, okay, I feel better. I'm going out on my own. I still had no concept of like developing myself or anything like that. I just was trying to feel okay enough to function. And so I went back out on my own, started working again, got into a relationship that at the time I thought was the most amazing thing ever, answered all my prayers, turned out to be incredibly emotionally abusive, narcissistic, gaslighting, all of that toxic. And when that fell apart, I fell apart because I had been kind of using that person and that relationship to hold me together emotionally. I was still really emotionally fragile and kind of started sliding back into my addiction because that's how I had known how to cope. That was like my default way of dealing. And I, this time around, I realized I didn't want to go back there. I never wanted to be homeless again. I never wanted to go back to that type of ways of making money. So I confided in somebody that I trusted and they introduced me to a program called Narcotics Anonymous, which is a 12-step recovery program. And I started going to that and life started to change. I got clean. I've been clean now for almost nine years. And that journey led me to learning that there were other ways of dealing with difficulties than just turning to drugs and alcohol. But What happened was that I was still so emotionally fragile. I could not handle day-to-day life. I was always anxious. I would be anxious, depressed, anxious, depressed. I had no kind of self-awareness around what I needed. And eventually I, you know, after trying different therapies, reading all the self-help books, being really obsessed with that world of personal development, I thought something is still missing here. And one day sitting down with myself, I realized, you know what, I've tried everything except understanding what I feel. Like I've never tried to understand, you know, why is sadness showing up for me? And not just, you know, in therapy, they looked at, you know, this happened to you. That's why you're sad, et cetera. But I thought, why sadness? Like, why not another emotion? You know, and I got really curious and I just really wanted to understand, okay, what is sadness? What is shame? What is anger? And that completely changed my life. What I learned on that journey is the reason why I am where I am today. It's the reason my life has gotten so much better. I studied positive psychology. I studied psychological first aid. I just really wanted to understand these underlying things that are driving our lives every single day but we don't know about, like we don't really understand them. And now that led me to creating my method because I'm someone that needs a method. I need a framework. Creating it's when I have difficult moments, I know what to do to kind of navigate that and get through that and grow through that. And in 2020, when everything went down, and I was looking at the world, kind of everyone running, <laughs> running around in the chaos, trying to figure out, you know, what what do we do? Um, and everyone being stuck inside and having to face themselves and freaking out about that. And I thought, I really want to share what I know because it's it's really an important life skill to know how to take care of ourselves emotionally. So yeah, that's kind of the long and the short of it. No, that's awesome. And I think you're absolutely right. I mean, this stuff for some reason is not stuff we're taught at school and it's almost just the way you end up dealing with other situations or your emotional intelligence is just a byproduct of your circumstances or your environment as you're growing up, right, or as you go through life. And so depending on the people you're around, the influence you have, the mentors you have has a huge impact on then, I guess, the skills or the traits that you develop. Uh, But I'm really 
curious into all of this, right? Because I've done a lot of like therapy and, and self-growth work on my, on myself. And one thing I can say that's been really, really huge is that gap in understanding or creating space for emotions. And I think it's this jump from thinking you need to fix yourself. And I know this is something that resonates a lot with your story. It's moving away from you need to fix yourself to accepting that these emotions are kind of like variety in our lives and just understanding Mm -hmm. how to create space and accept them. And I think that shift is really important because we think sometimes when you're working towards something, right, whether it's business or in health or whatever it is, when you get that thing, everything will be fine. But then you end up getting that thing or you're on the way to being close to having that thing and you're still having anxiety or sadness or self-doubt. These things are still popping up and it can be really confusing because you think, well, I thought that getting this thing would fix everything. And so realizing that you don't need to fix your emotions, you need to understand and create space for them, I think is a massive shift. And just one kind of thing I'll throw in here is the movie Inside Out. I'm not sure if you've seen it, but it is like, (laughs) it's such a great It's such a great visual representation of what we're speaking about, how emotions work, how they're a part of us, they serve a purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when you were, it just came up for me uh, as, a, as the idea when you were talking about being curious and understanding, okay, like why is this showing up for me right now? So I'm really excited to get into the method. Can you talk to us about what that looks like? I guess we've, we've had a little bit about how you developed it, but, but just what does it actually look like in practice? I mean, I know you said you use it for, for example, when things come up for you, it's now a framework you turn to. And I can confidently mm-hmm. say that not just me, but most of the listeners also work really well with a little bit of structure. So I like that you've got like a little bit of a framework for us. But yeah, I'd love for you to share it with us. Yes, absolutely. I mean, before I even jump into that, Inside Out is a perfect perfect movie those people deserve oscars because it's such a visual representation like you said of the fact that like we are not our emotions they are things we're experiencing they're separate from our identity i think a lot of times we think like i'm sad i'm sad it's me and it's like no you're experiencing sadness like sadness mm-hmm. is visiting you right now and and i love how inside out kind of separates those characters so well so well because it also shows us in the end and I mean sorry to spoil the movie for anyone but it shows us how even sadness that thing we don't want to feel serves a purpose it helps us in some way and that was what I unlocked the fact that every single emotion uncomfortable whatever it's actually trying to help me it's actually serving me and it's doing that by highlighting for me where I'm out of alignment with myself where I'm out of alignment with my truth where I need to shift certain things in my life so that there's more harmony and my needs are getting met and so every single emotion is only there to be like your needs are getting met right now or your needs are not getting met right now it's that instinct that animal instinct that we all have and so the framework that i have developed is first noticing what's coming up i think we can say oh i'm anxious right now or you know i'm confused or i don't really know what i feel but by just noticing it as separate from me like noticing it as an experience i'm having noticing that my body is uncomfortable is the very first step right like awareness has to come first before anything and i think sometimes we're moving so fast that we don't really notice what is coming up for us. Um, But the other piece of this that's so important is being honest with ourselves. I, for a really long time, would feel uncomfortable, but be like, no, I'm fine. No, I'm good. No, nothing's bothering me because I didn't want it to bother me. But it did, right? The reality was it was here. It was showing up. And I had to get really honest and acknowledge it really honestly. Like, I'm actually not okay right now. 
I think that's a really good, really, really good call out because a lot of women listening will feel that need to kind of do it all and be it all and just always kind of present this picture perfect version of themselves. Like they've got it all under control. I mean, I definitely feel that too. Like I want to be, you know, a top performer in work and then I want to be able to have my house under control and I want to be able to have amazing friendships and have my health and, you know, I want to have everything perfect. And so if things start to slip, you kind of still want to put on this this face. So I think that piece of being honest with yourself is so, so important. But just before you tell us the next step, when you're talking about yep. creating this awareness, um, mm-hmm. can you give some practical tips as to how we do that? Because some people, I mean, is journaling an option? If we're just sitting there kind of thinking, are we noticing thoughts, feelings? Like do you have some practical ways we can do that? Yeah, so when I talk about noticing, I it really requires that we we slow down, we pause, we have we give ourselves some kind of space um, in the day and we have like a moment where we just check in. So everything that I do is like even my method, I've done it in a way where I don't need to put my life on hold necessarily to do this. I don't need to like, you know, sit down for 30 minutes or an hour and journal like I'm, I'm busy. I'm a mom. I've got all these things going on in my life. But it's about having the practice of being familiar with my body and knowing when something's showing up and I have like my my heart's beating really fast or I'm really uncomfortable. And by checking it, making like a daily practice at certain points in the day to just check in with how I'm physically feeling, um, which I'll talk about more in the second step, that's what allows us to notice like I'm not at ease right now, right? We're either at ease in our bodies or we're feeling uneasy. And it's enough to just notice, okay, I feel uneasy. I feel off in some way. I feel misaligned in some way. Um, And when you're used to checking in with yourself, that becomes second nature. You're able to recognize the state that your body is in a lot easier. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The more you do it, the the more you recognize, I guess, the signs or the more you start picking up, this is what being at ease feels like, or this is what, uh, you know, this physical feeling. I mean, sometimes it's interesting. My fiance used to be a chiropractor. And one Mm -hmm. thing that I found interesting is the way stress correlates with pain in the body. So for me, it could be like, I could be stressed. And I used to, you know, attribute kind of neck pain to being on the computer too much. But I could have like neck pain flare up when I haven't been on the computer at all. And I know now that that is my body's stress reaction. So just Mm -hmm. by creating those moments or or opportunities for yourself to acknowledge what other signs, because our body can't speak to us, right? It speaks to us through Through the physical. Yeah, yeah. So when you start to build a bit of an inventory of, okay, in the past, this has meant this, then you start to become familiar with it, right? Exactly. Like for me, my shoulders carry my stress. So I know when I'm having pain in my shoulder, I'm like, okay, (laughs) you need to stop. You need to take, you know, go through this process. So once we can notice that, okay, we're not that great, we can be honest with ourselves about it. The next step is the piece that we tend to struggle with the most, which is honoring that feeling. And when I say honoring, I mean, respecting it, giving ourselves space, respecting ourselves, like letting it be okay that we're not okay for a minute, like giving ourselves a minute to be human. I think we want to go from noticing it to fixing it right away. Like, I don't want to feel it anymore. How fast can I get rid of it? But without allowing ourselves to fully embody it and allowing ourselves to fully feel it, we're always kind of in this like reactionary state because we don't realize we can survive the discomfort. Like I can just sit here feeling so much shame in my body 
and I won't die because my body knows how to process that energy and I'll be okay on the other side of it. That was huge for me because I would constantly reach for things to get out of feeling uncomfortable. And then I had to learn to sit with that discomfort and honor that discomfort as a necessary step in the process to get to the other side of it. This is, this is really speaking to my soul because I definitely struggle with this middle piece and I'm absolutely in that camp of people who I'm like, I do the first step really well. I'm like, okay, I notice this is what I'm feeling. I know what it means. I know what I need to do. So let me just go and do that thing to fix it. But I find even if, okay, I'm going to use uh, an an example that I think a lot of women listening will struggle with as well. Maybe this Mm -hmm. feeling of self-doubt, right? You've started a new job. You've, uh, you know, started a new business. You've started a new hobby. Just anything that's kind of new and unfamiliar naturally Mm -hmm. brings with it those feelings of feeling like an imposter. You feel Mm self-doubt. How do we actually get comfortable just giving that space? Like I actually find that really hard to do. I, I, I feel like like I said before, and like you um, brought up, you know, I run from, okay, I'm feeling self-doubt to, you know, journaling and meditating and trying to just relax mm-hmm. and do all this stuff. But what does it mean and how do we actually just sit with it? Because I understand from having done a lot of psych ed and working with my therapist that processing that emotion is necessary for it to kind of move on. You can't just kind of run yes. over it or, it or it sweeps under the rug. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. So I'd love to hear a little bit deeper on this step. How do we actually do that? Yeah, so what I try to explain, because it really is something that's physically experienced is leaning into the emotion, but physically, physically leaning in. So what we tend to do when we think we're feeling our feelings, we're really thinking them. Like we're thinking the story. We're thinking I have self-doubt or I'm uncomfortable or what it, and this piece is about completely turning your mind off, completely getting out of your mind and getting into your body and actually noticing the physical, physical sensations. So bringing yourself into this deep presence with your body. Like I notice what that shoulder pain that I was talking about earlier, what does that actually feel like? Like I'm really paying attention to that sensation. To become like curious, curious with what you're feeling. Yeah. Like it's not about trying to interpret, that's the next step. It's not about trying to interpret why I'm having the feeling. It's just about feeling it. Being present. Actually feeling it. Yeah. Like if you touch your hand, you can notice the sensation in your hand, right? It's just about, this piece is just about honoring the actual body, honoring the physical sensations. And it can be so hard. Like, how do, how do I do that? It's like, you already know how to do it intuitively, right? Like we if you stub your toe, yeah, like we overcomplicate it. Like anything that you do to feel your body, touch your body, hold your hand over your heart and just be really present with what that heartbeat feels like in your hands, the energy, the vibration in your hands. That's how we honor the emotion. That's how we give ourselves a minute to let the body regulate that. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I guess it's just being super present and just giving yourself space to feel because if you go, go, go all the time, it's really impossible to do that. One thing I'll mm-hmm. add here, I don't know if this is a part of this step or a later step. This is actually something that I do maybe once a month. I'll admit it is around the time my cycle is due, it could be hormonal, mm. but crying for me 
feels like such a beautiful release. And it's something yes. I actually just do when, when, I, when I feel it come up, I just like let my body cry. Is that kind of, does that form a part of this step? Absolutely. Yeah. So when we're honoring our body, when we're honoring our emotions, our nervous system is regulating. And when it regulates, there's this, when it goes from that dysregulated state to the regulated state, there's this release that happens and it can look different. Like it could be crying. For me, it's yawning. Like when I know that I have processed a lot when I start, start yawning and I feel that that, uh, that release. Um, but this is a great step for you to incorporate kind of just somatic techniques like humming and like noticing the vibration of the humming in my body as it moves through my body, getting into these different ways of just being physically present with yourself. And sometimes that release is going to be, like you said, crying. Sometimes it's going to be yawning. Sometimes you're just going to feel this like lightness come over your body. Um, when I do this with clients in sessions, it's really like, you know, they're like surprised at how grounded they feel after because they, they stop their mind for a minute and they were just grounded and present with themselves and, and it neutralizes the emotions and the feelings, right? Which is yeah. super important before we move into the, the next step of processing it cognitively and intentionally with our minds. And so after we've noticed it, after we've given ourselves a moment to just honor how our body is feeling, let it be okay that we're uncomfortable, get to that neutral grounded state. Then it's about looking at where was the misalignment that caused that emotional reaction. And for me, the way that I teach this is every emotion, like I said, is a signal that there's a need that isn't getting met. So what is that need that isn't getting met? And all of us have four main kind of core human needs. We have a need for safety, a need for freedom, a need for meaning, like purpose, our values, you know, living out our values and a need for connection. And so that's kind of my checklist when I'm trying to analyze, okay, why was that? What was that sadness showing me? What was that anger showing me? Do I need to set a boundary? Do I need to reach out to someone and connect? Have I not spent enough time with myself because I've been doing stuff for everybody else? You know, so every emotion is a signal that, okay, somewhere along the way, I was just living on autopilot. I wasn't intentional and something went out of alignment. So where do I need to rearrange things? This is a really important step because before we even move to the fixing or taking the action, we have to make intentional decisions about what we want and what we get to have. Like I get to have a life of alignment. I get to have a life of peace, but it requires that I decide, okay, I'm going to intentionally behave in this way or structure my life in this way or change certain things or plan something fun because I don't, you know, often my need for fun and freedom and play isn't getting met because I've got so many responsibilities, but I'm going to have this surge of emotional discomfort because it's like, you need fun, you need leisure, you need, I don't want to say balance, but that harmony to come back into your life um, where all these different areas that contribute to my overall well-being and my optimal well-being there's, there's space for them in my life. And then once we get clear on, okay, what do I need? How can I get it met in a healthy way? Then we take the action. And then we come to that conclusion with that emotion. We kind of close that emotional loop and we move on. Oftentimes when we don't process our emotions, it's kind of this open-ended thing where we're kind of in limbo inside of ourselves, um, where we kind of like, say we have a difficult experience with someone and we never process it, then we kind of deal with future situations 
based on that past experience. But once we've learned to process those experiences fully, make those intentional decisions, change those things, then we're like, okay, that was that moment. That was that person. That was that situation. I now know like I'm available for a new experience. Yeah. Yeah. This is all really profound. I'm learning a lot, even just to tweak potentially, or just give me ideas for next time certain feelings and emotions come up. A couple things that have, um, come up for me just in this chat. Mm -hmm. So I think you can definitely use the word balance. So when we talk about balance on the podcast, it's not this idea of equilibrium between all the areas of our life. Balance is a unique combination of those areas to whatever makes sense for that person at that moment in time. So it can be a, a sliding scale, different areas or different needs can take priority at different moments in our life, yes. but that's that person's unique balance. So in the context of the four needs that you spoke about, I definitely think we can we can use the same approach that all the listeners will be familiar with that we we use for the areas of our life to the four needs. And and the reason I like those four needs as a bit of a framework to cognitively understand, okay, what is this emotion or this feeling or this experience kind of correlating with is because sometimes we can have a very or we can tend towards maybe a superficial why, a superficial reason. Like, you know, for example, if it's I'm not making X amount of money, that might correlate to a, a deeper need of connection or fulfillment. Yeah. Right? And so these four for me create this really genuine, I guess, explanation for the reason why we're out of alignment. So I think for everyone, if you, if you didn't jot them down, make sure you rewind and jot them down because I think definitely no matter what you're experiencing, they'll fall within those four. I think as well, Tony Robbins talks about seven. If you feel like you want to kind of expand it and have a few more, you can probably Google those as well. But I yeah. think just having those as your base or your foundation is a good way to actually get to the source, right, and not be misled. The, the next thing that sort of came up for me that I, that I just wanted to mention was, you know, you kind of have this beautiful loop that you go through with the emotion. Uh, but, but one thing I guess that I feel and, and I'd love your thoughts on too is it's not this idea of, okay, now you've dealt with sadness on uh, or you now you've dealt with this self-doubt on this project or your job. It's not as though you'll never feel it again, right? Mm -hmm. It's that you have a toolkit to process emotions and give them space as they come up. But it's not this closed loop of, okay, tick done, we're moving on. And if you feel that again, then that is a signifier that you're broken. It's not the case. It's more that emotions are a part of life. They're going to indicate different things at different moments. And this is a toolkit you have to deal with it on an ongoing basis. Yeah. So thank you so much for saying that. Absolutely. Like for the listeners, when I say closing the emotional loop, I mean that you let one experience be its own experience in your life. You don't make that the, 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 the way you determine how you act in the future. Like let that past be the past process that let this moment be this moment so that we can be open to having different experiences, but we're absolutely going to feel all the emotions again and again and again. It's just that each time we get faster moving through these steps, each time we can get through that discomfort or that difficult moment, because we can understand, ah, this is what, this is what I'm needing to take care of myself. And I'm glad you said that, you know, it is a form of balance. It's whatever it looks like for you, because each emotion is always going to show you what you haven't prioritized that maybe needs to be prioritized right now. Like maybe I need to prioritize pleasure right now because it's been so go, 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 work, 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 you know, and I can mm -hmm. listen to that 
use these steps to get to a place. Okay, I'm going to do something fun this week. And and that's going to shift how I feel internally. That's going to shift how I show up in the world. Um, but it's not this like, oh, I'll never feel that again. It's just yeah. that I'm comfortable with it. So when I feel it again, I'm like, oh, okay. I recognize you. I'm familiar with you. I know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. I love that. Before I let you go, I want to ask you one more thing and it's about emotional intelligence and building emotional intelligence. Um, very briefly, what, when we talk about emotional intelligence, what does that mean? And what are some things we can do on a day-to-day basis to strengthen that? I would say it means learning about what your emotions are. So the feelings and emotions wheel is a really great tool you can Google. um, And there's different versions of it online, but it will show you kind of at the core, the core emotions that you have, and then surrounding that, uh, the different feelings that can kind of stem from those core emotions. So using a tool like that to just get familiar with what feelings can you have? Like, what are the emotions you can have? And learning to recognize what it looks like for you personally. Like, I don't really recommend going and maybe Googling like, oh, what is sadness, whatever the case may be. My work is really about you getting familiar with like Erica feeling sad. What is that like? Yeah. Like you personally developing a relationship with that emotion by just kind of getting curious, meditating on it, sitting with it. Sometimes it takes a few days and I just kind of have it in the back of my mind, like paying attention to how my body feels. And and that's what's going to help you the most, I think, in developing your emotional intelligence, because you're going to be familiar with those sensations when they come up. You're going to recognize that um, and you're going to have this deeper trust with yourself, right? Yeah. It's really what builds and strengthens our own intuition about what we need and what's right for us when we can say, okay, I know what this, I know what this feeling is and I'm okay with it. Yeah. Beautiful. And developing that like understanding really does create that comfort within yourself and you end up turning to yourself uh, to kind of process and understand things rather than the external world, which I think is such a great great place to be. Uh, Quickly, did you want to share a little bit about what the listeners can expect from your upcoming book and where they can find out more info about it? Yeah. So my book is called Outrunning Your Emotions, as you said, and it's three parts. The first part, I dive into what our emotions are and how we process them and experience them naturally. And the second part is where I dive into each core emotion and I share with you, you know, how to move through the steps of noticing it, honoring it diving into what your needs are for each core emotion. So I'm really excited for people to have that because I think that will help as well. Um, And then the last part is just me really diving into what our core needs are and what the main obstacles are that we can expect that can prevent us from getting these needs met and how to work through that. So it really is a full, complete framework of my coaching that I do with my one-on-one clients. It's really, you can use it to help you heal from something difficult, overcome some kind of past trauma. You can also use it to just feel like I want to build a better relationship with my emotions. I want to feel more resilient. You know, when things come up, I don't want it to be thrown off course. Um, And you can use it to just find deeper self-love, self-trust, like I said, because working with our emotions is what allows us to do all of this. Um, It's coming out this summer. And if you want to know more about it, you can follow me on Instagram because I will be updating my Instagram the most with it. So I'm on Instagram at mighty underscore emotions. And I'm going to be having a early sneak peek for you know people who really want to dive into it um just part one is going to be available for early readers soon so follow me on instagram and you'll know when that comes out 
Amazing. Well, I'll definitely put links to your Instagram in the show notes, but I want to thank you so much for coming on the show, downloading your method, uh, your expertise and your story. I've learned a lot. I know the listeners have too. So I'm very grateful for your time and I'm really looking forward to reading the book. Thank you so much, Erica. (laughs) 